Kyle Joseph presents A Man and His Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Kyle here. I am back by myself uh, for A Man and His Podcast. Um, so I was hemming and hawing over the last couple of weeks about what to talk about and, you know, how personal does one go, uh, when talking to themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, the first episode, I, I was just kind of in the moment and doing the board game thing and, and I'm still working on that. But, um, I feel like in order for this to be really, you know, serve its purpose for what I need, which is, uh, kind of an outlet, um, without any sort of judgment or um, any sort of negativity that I just have to be honest with myself. So I have struggled for a long time with uh, my mental health um, and that has come in numerous facets Uh, that stems from as simple as, you know, having anger issues and I can, and it's, it's interesting because it wasn't until much later in my life that I kind of clued into those situations in the past that should have been kind of the first indication. And, and I remember, um, you know, as a child being quite upset and being pretty easily upset and I've ruined a vacation or two or three or four. Um, and then it kind of stemmed, moved into, um, you know, getting angry at girlfriends or friends and, and really just bursting, um, you know, bottling it up into the point where I couldn't handle it anymore. And, and something would set me off and it didn't really matter what it was. It you typically wasn't even related to the, the situation itself that I was in. It's just, that was the one thing that set me off. Um, and over time, um, those, anger issues, uh, were joined by severe bouts of depression and then anxiety and mood swings and this, that, and the other. And it's been really challenging to figure out how to control it all. Uh, I would say that at some point in time, it definitely cost me my marriage, um, in terms of how do I be the best me uh, I can be and treat the people that I love with the most respect that I, they should deserve. And on top of that, you know, where do I go from there in terms of bettering myself without sacrificing, you know, my loved ones, but at the same time, not sacrificing myself for my loved ones. So, um, it started off with therapy And, uh, through work, uh, thought, you know, I gotta give this a chance. I gotta try and do something. And so the first therapist I had, um, wasn't good. Everything was all to take that back. And it kind of made me wonder, like, am I alone? Am I the only person that has gone through this? And so to the point where he doesn't really know how to help me. Um, so I did some sessions with him, but the one thing I took away from it was getting stuff off my chest. Um, being able to openly talk about it. And that was a huge 
moment for me uh, to be able to talk about how I'm feeling and to not keep it so bottled up. Um, so through this process, I decided that I was going to find someone new. Um, and I did. I found a, a fantastic therapist, uh, Rachel. She made me feel like I wasn't alone in this. She definitely helped talk through some of my thought process and how I was feeling and trying to uncover not just what I was feeling, but why was I feeling it and and how do I acknowledge things properly and healthily and how do I deal with things before it gets too late. And I think that's been a massive, massive help for me. Um, the anger has been, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, the anger is still there from time to time, but um, I guess I'll back up a, a step or two. Um, one of my jobs, I just felt so out of place in doing this job and working off hours for my family and the toll it took on my marriage and, and my kids, it just it gained an immense amount of anxiety. And so I started to feel like I was having a heart attack and I'm stubborn as shit. So I didn't know how to do anything with it. So I just tried to make it go away and it would go away and then it would come back and go away and come back. And, and finally I went to a doctor and I said, I don't know if I'm having a heart attack or not. And he said, well, did it go away? And I was like, yeah. He's like, then it's not a heart attack because um, they don't go away. Uh, essentially, it was anxiety. And it's the first time I'd ever – I'd have little things of anxiety before um, where you just feel completely and utterly overwhelmed. But this was the first time where I felt the anxiety without even being in the environment that was causing the anxiety. So I was at a hockey game with my dad or I was at a concert or I was doing anything and I just had this anxiety come up on me. And so he suggested this medication. And in the past I tried doing mood stabilizers before, but never took them uh, consistently enough. So this time around I made, made a strong effort and, I found that it's, it worked. Um, he gave me some of those ones that are stick on your tongue to try and, um, you know, in case of emergency, but they didn't really do anything for me, but at least whether it's the pills or not, I think it's the, the comfort and knowing that I have a support and I have the help in these, um, that has definitely improved. And so, uh, at one point in time, I thought, you know what, I think I've, I was out of the job. I was having anxiety over and, and such. And I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe it's time for me to come off this. Uh, I think it lasted like two days before it came back. And I said, well, clearly not. Clearly I have more to deal with. Um, but that was part of it, right? It was, it was the medication is help, but there's obviously more to it than just simply, okay, I've removed myself from the environment that was causing me the anxiety. So now I need to go back. Uh, or right, now I'm good. I'm good. I'm healthy now. Uh, all the while, I, you know, I'd gone through a separation and my children were really struggling and all these other uh, stresses started to compound. And so really it wasn't, it wasn't good. And I wasn't really that healthy. Um, so I kept, kept going to see Rachel and uh, really talking through things and trying to understand how do I feel about things? And so one of the things that I've been really working on is my anger issues. Because uh, before I used to snap at the drop of a hat and it just wasn't really good for anybody. And so this has been, I can't even remember the last time I had a full on 
lose my shit moment. And I'll tell you, those are scary. Um, they're scary for me. They're scary for those who are in my way because um, I just can't control myself. And and sometimes I'd get so angry that I wouldn't even know what to, what I was saying. It was just words would come out and, and I was so off base and just so disrespectful. And it was a, a hated version of myself. But the part of the problem is, is when the anger goes away, the depression kicks in because I feel like I'm an asshole who lost the shit on somebody that I shouldn't have, that I am taking these people that I love and just burying them and just made me feel like a horrible individual. And so I'd get in these belts of depression and, and mix it with anxiety. Cause you know, I'd be like, I just can't go to work. I can't, I can't handle any more of it. And you know, it sounds like I, I'm suicidal, but I, I assure you that I'm not, um, as a sidebar, I can't do it. I have a low tolerance for pain. And I see in the news and everything else, you know, these people who feel like the only solution is to take their own lives and, and the impact that it has on their loved ones, their children, their spouses, their family. I could never, ever imagine doing that to my family. And so it's kind of one of those moments like, yeah, sure. I thought about, well, if I go away, if I die, you know, what does that do? What what kind of impression or lasting impact have I made um, on the people around me? And, and you know, does anybody show up to my funeral and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, in the end, it's just, I know it's not the solution for me. Uh, and my hope is that it never, ever gets to the point that it has to be the solution for me. But, um, you know, so... So you get upset, you, you're hard on yourself, you, you beat yourself up for, for doing these things and and for the longest time, I just I didn't want to change. I was too lazy. You know, I've, I've, I tell people half jokingly, the sloth always wins. But in some respects, it is. It's the truth for me. It's why fix it? I'd rather just not. But I, you know, I'd get into bed and get up in the morning and be like, you know, I can't do it. I can't get into work. And so I would call out because I just wasn't in the right mental health space. And the challenging part after that is I'd start getting anxiety about all the things that I've missed from work and then one day would turn into two and to turn into three. And then eventually somebody or something would snap me out of it and I'd get into work and I realized it wasn't that bad. And, and off we go. Um, but one thing that, um, that Christy had always said to me um, or for the longest time was the other side, the mood swings. And those ones are really, really hard because, the theory, what goes up must come down speaks volumes to me. Um, I don't deal well with disappointment, which contributes to the mood swings. And so I'll we'll get behind something. I'll get really excited about it. And I, I'm getting, you know, happier and happier and and actually hyper about it. And I can feel myself physically buzzing. Like there's an energy that I can't possibly control. And, Christy would even note it and she could tell that at some point in time, it's going to come crashing down. And it's not like I just come back to a mellow mood. It's the complete opposite. So the faster I rise, the faster I fall, which is really hard. Um, it's hard because it's, I feel like I can't sacrifice or if I have to, if I don't want the lows, I have to get rid of the highs and uh, I don't want to live like a zombie. And trying to work through that is, is really hard. I don't think there's any cognitive method to 
keep yourself from being hyper and being, um, you know, overly excited to, in order to prevent, you know, the dramatic drop. Um, so I'm still working through that, but the disappointment part is it's still there. And the one solution I've kind of made is I just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And if, the person that was supposed to come along with whatever it was doesn't want to do it anymore. I'm just going to go anyways and be done with it. And so that way, at least I'm not missing out. And prime example, um, earlier, early, early last year, um, I was divorced or separated living, um, in my own home by myself. And I just felt like I needed some positive and, the year and a half before that, I'd gone on a cruise, a wrestling-based cruise with um, with my with my daughter, and felt like you know we had a good time, and and I think this is what I needed. I needed a pick me up, and so you know, in one of my low moments, I decided to buy you know go on a cruise. I I said you know I'm not going to try and convince somebody else to come and and do whatever, and and I said you know what? I'm just going to go, and it's these kinds of moments that I've I've done in order to try and minimize disappointment. Now it costs me thousands of dollars. So in hindsight, uh, even though, you know, Bobby and I went on the cruise together, it was probably a stupid, well, it doesn't probably, it was a stupid idea. Um, but maybe it was too late then, but you know, other cases where I want to go to Hamilton to see a wrestling show. They've never been there before, want a new experience. And I just go, I go myself, go for the day. And I find that that's a, a effective solution to, avoiding disappointment or relying on others in order to um, partake in things that I want to experience. And I think I've been very fortunate lately that Bobby is up for the adventures, up for the random drives, going to, you know, six hours for the f- one way for a day trip to pick up a board game or whatever, and then making a whole thing out of it. And I've really appreciated that, but I still get disappointed. And I really try hard to fight it. But sometimes it is so hard to not be disappointed in other people or disappointed in events or disappointed that you can't experience the things you really truly want to experience. So I'm still working through that. I, I don't know. But, you know, all these things and this inability to control these emotions made me start to believe that I was bipolar. And I have some history, uh, obviously, with the mood swings and whatnot. But even just witnessing my mother... Um, you never know which version you were going to get. You never knew what was going to set her off, what was going to make her cry, what was going to make her happy. And, and that's kind of really where the basis of my further understanding of myself is my aloneness. Am I the only one in this family that feels this way? Now, my other brother has crazy anger issues. Um, like I do, uh, which we know we get from our mother, but the rest of it, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't really talk to them about that kind of stuff. Um, so I made the decision that, you know, as, as great as Rachel was to help, uh, break things down and understand them and work through things. I, I needed something else. I needed other help. And, and so I decided to see a, I guess they're called a psychiatrist. I don't know. The one who can give the pills. Because I just feel like my general practitioner doctor just writes prescriptions because it's like the definition. You have X symptoms, here's the medication. But I feel like there's more to that um, when it comes to your mental health. It can't just be 
only handle the cognitive or only deal with the medical, you know, the, the prescription, the, the, the physiological um, malfunctions or, or whatever you want to call them. And so uh, setting this up and, and in our, my first session this week, uh, the fact this woman was probably like 75 years old and answered her phone a couple of times during her session. Um, she kind of proved my thought process in, in just asking a bunch of questions. And she felt like, like autism, there's now a, a spectrum for bipolar. Um, I'm sure there's a spectrum for a lot of illnesses, but um, at least it kind of gave me some reassurance that I, wasn't quote unquote crazy for thinking something. Um, so trying out a new medication, see how this works. It's supposed to keep the lows from happening. I still think there's a possibility that the highs go away as well, which is um, something I'm definitely fearful of because I do not want to be a zombie. I want to be able to feel and love and be happy and also be sad. I just don't want to have the spikes both up and down and, and so I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm going to lose who I am as a result of this. But I don't know if what I'm losing is worth more than what I'm gaining, um, if that makes any sense. And it, lately I've had this uh, inability to be happy, to be truly happy. I, I have all the pieces in my life that says – by definition, you should be happy. You should have everything you need to put a smile on your face every single day. I have a job that I, I, for the most part, enjoy. It's challenging, but there's a lot of it I like. And I have a beautiful girlfriend who just means everything to me. She's, she's wonderful. She's sexy. She loves me for who I am despite all my flaws. She's so supportive through this process, through anything else really. She she does her best to treat the girls as if they're her own. Um, and not to say that she needs to be their mom, but she certainly cares for them and, and that's huge. And and I have you know Haley with me now forever long and I'm sure that's f- for another discussion, but you know, she's here all the time, and she's a fantastic, beautiful, smart girl or young woman. Uh, and then Marin is the other fear. Um, again, a discussion for another day. But, you know, she is definitely has a lot of the same things that I have, uh, which scares me to death. But that being aside, I still love her. She's, she's smart, and she's funny, and she's goofy. And, you know, I have this life with me that things are starting to fall in place. And yet I can't possibly, for some reason, be happy. And it's heartbreaking. It's It doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm hoping that with these medications and this conversation and this therapy and whatever else you call it, that there'll be some relief and there'll be you know light at the end of the tunnel. I am so unbelievably scared that I have lost my ability to smile. And I mean, I can fake it. Don't get me wrong. I faked it my entire life in terms of hiding all of those things that are going on inside of me. Um, I'm a private person in the sense that I'm not going to run around and tell everybody what's going on, but I'm 
happy to talk about things if people want to ask or have those conversations, but I'm doing this, you know, I, I, I still live inside myself a lot of the time. And so a huge fear is that I will lose all of those that I love because I can't be happy. And that's a terrifying feeling. And I don't want to be alone because it sucks being alone. But sometimes I just push everybody away because it's easier than dealing with who I am or what I've become. And so I don't know. I really don't know what the solution is. So I'm, I'm hoping that through these conversations and, uh, you know, in therapy and using this as an outlet that maybe, maybe I will have, uh, that smile come back to me and, and that smile that's on the inside, not the one that's the outside. Cause that's pretty fake, but I can put it on anytime I want. And, and then we go from there. So um, there'll be more episodes talking about my shit that goes on. I think maybe, you know, I don't really know about the frequency of doing this. I feel like I want to take moments when I'm by myself so I can just talk freely without having anybody listen um, and get it off my chest. And then, you know, perhaps we'll, you know, we'll go from there into something else. Um, I don't know if it'll be every week. I thought I was doing last week and I don't know. I just got too lazy or whatever the case may be, but I just, I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of all this. I'm hoping that I will feel a little bit better. I am hoping that if somebody is listening and they feel like they're alone, that they know they're not alone in the struggle. Um, I don't have any answers. I can't even like some people say, Oh, I don't have all the answers. I don't have any of the answers. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it through day by day. And, and that's the thing too, is, you know, Bobby wants to plan all these things out for the future. And I'm just like, fuck, I can only take things day by day. There is no consistency in my life. There's no stability in my life. And when you don't have the stability, you cannot plan past today. Today is the only day that you can guarantee. And so, I'm hoping that as I work through things, that things will start to fall in place a little bit better and we will all be in a place where we can be happy and do the things we love and be with the ones we love and, and such. And, and I guess that's it. I think I've rambled on and long enough and this device only lets you record for 30 minutes at a time. And I don't really feel like I should really talk any longer than that. So, um, guess that's it. Uh, this is Kyle in case you didn't already know that, uh, this is me and my podcast. And, um, for the one listener from the first week, thank you. Hopefully, uh, you got something out of it and hopefully anybody listening to this will get something out of it as well. So until next time, uh, have yourselves a wonderful day, night, evening, whatever time it is you're listening to this, and um, we will see you again.